Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which has not made which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we're rolling out of yesterday's passage, which is really on the unity of the church. Um, you know, Jews and Gentiles made into one new man in the place of the two. And Paul today deems this as this mystery that's been around for a long time and that has been made known through revelation. And, you know, Paul, he's a very interesting figure, uh, mm-hmm. just like as a brief biography, you know, obviously, uh, if you don't know much about Paul, maybe you do, but this is just a good little refresher, but you know, Paul, was really a Pharisee. He was a persecutor of the church. He was a he was a Jewish zealot um, and religious leader. Had the road to Damascus experience. Became a believer, and you know basically Paul. Early on, he would go into synagogues and have these heated debates, and he eventually just kind of says, "You know what? I've had enough of this," and he makes his ministry chiefly to Gentiles. Yep, and so. He uh he has this very unique positioning where he is a Jew of Jews, as he would call himself. He's a Jew of Jews who he he's now kind of going outside the the margins. And you know, uh Greek Christians, Gentile Christians, uh, a very marginalized and controversial people group at this stage of the church's life. And so Paul Paul's really an advocate. And so that's why this is such an important theme here. And, uh, you know, it's it's the mystery of Christ, as he's talking about, that's been made known to uh, the apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And the mystery that he's talking about is that Gentiles, these outsiders, are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. So, Thomas, what are your thoughts on um, what, what Paul is contending here? Uh, it's a great passage. I do love the word mystery. Paul uses that a lot in Ephesians 5. He calls the picture of Christ and uh, and the church and the husband and the bride, this great mystery. Like He uses that word a lot. Yeah. And the Greek word, since you've used Greek the last couple of days, the Greek word for mystery is basically mystery. Oh, nice. Uh, so, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's something hidden. And, yeah. uh, and it is to the glory of God, the Bible says, to conceal a matter in the glory of kings to search it out. Yeah. And the Lord in the right time has revealed some hidden things. Yep. And the hidden things are that he had the the people of Israel, that he brought the prophets. He eventually brings Messiah through. And now the nations are being blessed to be a part of knowing the Lord. And, uh, and so he's revealed that mystery that Christ is for all people. Yep. And uh, I, I think that that's it's cool to kind of take some of the mystique out of that and that the Lord... The Lord does hide things for a season because it's not the right time to reveal them. And when he does reveal them, it's like there's this big spirit of unity with all believers of, oh, this is what the Lord is doing. This is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this 
you know, when he went to to Ephesus, because he says, now I'm I'm writing, I'm a prisoner of Christ. Um, in Acts chapter 18, he goes to he goes to Ephesus. Yep. And you know, when he would go to a city, typically he would go to their synagogue first, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. We think of Paul like on the street talking about this statue to the unknown God, and he does do that. But traditionally, Paul would go and he would say, let me find some people that at least are at least going to understand the framework of what I'm going to talk about when I introduce Christ. Mm-hmm. And so he finds these folks in Ephesus and they're receptive to the gospel. And he is letting people know, folks in the synagogue, folks outside of the synagogue, um, and Gentiles could go to the synagogue. They'd have to be God-fearers. That's, what mm-hmm. that, that's where that term comes from. It's a Gentile who says, I want to follow the the ways of the Jews and they would become a God fearer. Um and so he would find these folks and now he's showing them. Yep. Hey, you've been on the right path. Here's the rest of the story. Tell him. And I wonder if that was just like just so awe inspiring for that first church to be I mean on the cutting edge of like Jesus has just ascended into heaven. This guy's doing his first missionary journeys. They're every every Saturday reading the Torah, mm-hmm. and uh, and some are Gentiles, some are Jews. They're in these Roman cities, yeah. And uh, and then they hear, by the way, there's more to the story, yeah. yeah. And he reveals to them Christ, and not all, but some of them become the pillars of the faith. Mm. They're the first torch bearers for the gospel. Absolutely. And it's because the mystery of the gospel has been revealed. Here's the rest of the story. Yeah. And I mean, that had to be such a joyful revelation. I mean, you know, the imagine being a Gentile in this time and you hear about this, uh, this Jewish Messiah figure who's come and died and risen from the dead. You're hearing all this crazy stuff. And the more you hear, the more intriguing it is, the more intriguing it is, the more you want to be a part of it. But then Mm -hmm. there's kind of this air about it. that's like, I don't know if it's for me. Like, I don't know That's if right. I'm allowed in the club. Yeah. And then you have people like Paul coming around and saying, no, this is just as much for you. Like, you've been grafted into this promise. Hmm. And that would have just been such a rich and joyful promise. And then, you know, we have these accounts of in those moments, the Holy Spirit falling on these Gentiles. And, you know, I, I think that the word, the way Paul talks about it is very insightful. You know, it's, it's not an amendment that God makes to the original deal, but it's a mystery that's revealed. And I think that that's important. And I'm going to use a passage from Isaiah to kind of back this up. So Isaiah 56, an amazing chapter. Huh. The header in ESV is salvation for foreigners. And, you know, I, I love this passage. I'll start in verse three. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls, a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. Hmm. I'll give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And you know, the, it continues to go on. And there's a handful of these old Testament passages that look forward to you know, all these people of different nations being joined into the covenant. Mm. And so it's not like this new thing that's invented post Christ, but there's murmurings about it in all these ancient texts. But I think the question mark that remains is how and when and where, like how will all these nations be reconciled to God? Like they are the enemies of God's people. 
and the answer is in the blood and the cross of Jesus and that and then the Lord sending the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus to his people that is the moment where the mystery is revealed you know it's the revelation of these things of old that are finally coming to pass in this full way it's so it's so pronounced in um in in the scriptures because it's startling like when the israelites leave uh egypt there's foreigners a multitude of foreigners the bible says that follow with them and Mm -hmm. they start becoming followers of God. Yeah. Now they're Egyptians, they're Gentiles, they're not they're not Jews, yeah. but they start following God. And then you see it in Isaiah, um even Nineveh, right? Like Jonah goes yeah. to Nineveh. Yeah. But when you get to the New Testament it becomes even more pronounced. Yeah. Because uh Jesus said I came to the lost sheep of Israel. It's really rare when he speaks to someone outside of the Jewish circle. Yeah. Um and then Paul and Peter start reaching out to folks outside of the Jewish circle. Yeah, and so those folks, it had to be their big question had to be, "This is great, but can I be a part of the family?" Like yeah. you're saying, yeah, I still think that's the gospel today. Totally, people come and see. Um, like we had uh, our, at our last young adult gathering on on Tuesday, we had folks come who were outside of the faith, mm-hmm. and I'm sure those folks, when they gather around and they're seeing Christians hang out, they're seeing Christians worship, they're seeing Christians take notes in a sermon, all those kinds of stuff. I'm sure there's something inside of them saying, can I be a part of the family? Mm-hmm. Um, on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, when people come to a worship service Absolutely. that don't, aren't following the Lord, I'm sure there's that's the original question that the church in Ephesus was asking, the people that were going to be a part of that church were asking, people are still asking today, and that is essentially... This is great, but can I be a part of that family? Yeah. And because the mystery of Christ has been revealed, the answer is yes. Absolutely. And there's no one that's too far gone. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's just encouraging for us to remember and to bridge together a couple of thousand years and see the mm. mystery of Christ has been revealed. And yes, you can be a part of the family. They could and we can. Absolutely. And you know, just how the gospel is not confined to like the people of God is not confined to, you know, we, we don't really struggle with like Jew versus Gentile tension in like at Christ's covenant, you know? Right. But I would say that the tension that we do struggle with is uh, while it might not be like Jew versus Gentile sort of language, there's still this perception that like there's a type of person that Christianity is for. And, you know, I, I talk to several people all the time about, you know, they they see things that are appealing about the faith. They see things that are, you know, problematic, but, you know, they're kind of like wrestling through the different tension points. But I think underlying all that and even feeding some of that tension is this belief that, uh, you know, the cross is for a different p- type of person than for me. Totally. You know, and, totally. and yes. I know you have yes. those conversations and I have those conversations. And this is like the great news of Jesus is that, in, in place of all the different, you know, types of people, whether it's ethnic, or cultural, language barriers, whatever, Christ has created one new man. It's, it's, it's the kingdom of priests. That's right. That all are welcomed into. And Absolutely. so, you know, the, these passages, they work uh, certainly in the context of the early church, but they carry through even to Atlanta, Georgia today. Um, and ultimately just in this call of Jesus speaking peace to the nations and, and 
welcoming all who would turn to him to come and be grafted into this promise that was once made to Abraham, but now, you know, all can join and that he will give in his house a name that's better than sons and daughters. That's, it's amazing. So, praise the Lord. So for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow as we continue through Ephesians on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.